You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm, I'm privileged, you know, to kind of lean into something this morning, you know, as, as uh, kind of taken on this, this Sunday after getting prayed in last week, you know, it's a little bit like New Year's. I, I love New Year's. I think there's something special about that. And, and in, a t- in a day like today, as, as Katie and I are stepping in, kind of our first official full Sunday as the campus pastors here, um, I have to just say how unbelievably humbling that is and, and appreciative we are to be able to serve with and to build with and to pastor such an unbelievable uh, team, unbelievable church family. And it literally is our privilege. I, I feel like, you know, sometimes when you chase after something uh, and then, you know, it, sometimes things can elude you. And then you stop and just learn to trust God. And God brings you into a place. And when you actually get there, I, I, I know for Katie and I, you get to a spot like this. And you just sense the weight of heaven. You sense the goodness of God. You sense really, really more of a more of a humility taken on a season like this to say. I, I always think of like Solomon when he was about to step into something. He said, "God, give me wisdom to lead your people." And that's our prayer. That's our heart is that we could lead well, love well, represent Pastor and Leanne well, represent Pastor Matt and Michaela, and love you guys well. So I'm honored as as I think about that. I began in, in recognition of the season that we are facing in America right now and in our state. So I want to bring this message on redefining the family. And in Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to start there. Hebrews 12, verse 26. That title, I think, will make sense as I progress here. Hebrews 12, verse 26, starting there, it says this. It says, at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. May remain. How how many feel like this is a shaking kind of a season? Right? How many have felt your life being a little shaken? How many, your work, you know, right? Our, our, Our nation, our state. In many ways, I'm not sure a better way to kind of define what America feels like right now, what California feels like right now, than there's this shaking that has been going on, right? There has been uh, unstable time. When, when something begins to shake, when there's an earthquake, when there's, the ground begins to move, there, there can be an unsettling. There can be uncertainty. There can be fear that comes with it. That, there can be unknowns that begin to surface. When, when things shake, things begin to fall, right? You ever remember the old Mary Poppins where, you know, they would shoot that cannon off and every day at a certain time and everyone would be in position to stop things from falling off the walls and, you know, all this, right? It feels like we're, we're trying, you know, many ways, we're in different positions trying to go, okay, what, what, what's falling, what's shaking, what's lasting, what's not? And, and I feel uh, the, the sense that God is shaking some things. And, and we oftentimes, and, and I would be one of those, right? I'm, I'm trying to bring truth. I'm trying to bring stability. I'm trying to call people back to God's ways and to God's will. So a lot of times I hate it when a nation like ours is going through unnecessary shaking, right? Because if we would follow God's ways, 
we oftentimes can avoid some of the unnecessary turbulence that comes after an individual, a family, a city, a state, a nation, right? Sometimes shaking is a, it's a byproduct. It's, it's a tremor of other things that are happening. And, and there's many things that we could avoid if we would follow God's will and God's ways, right? But when shaking begins to happen, well, I do not prefer it. <laughs> I wish I could avoid it. What you cannot deny is that what God tends to do for his good and for your good in the middle of shaking times is pretty powerful. Well, I would not wish the last two years on any of us. Who I am today is much different and stronger and healthier and more dialed in than I was two years ago. And if you're clapping, it's probably because you feel the same way. Now, I remember, uh, I remember when Katie and I first made the move a little over six years ago down from the northwest down here. I remember kind of the first couple of years where they were intense, <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, fighting for the next season, fighting for our future, you know, believing God for miracles, all this kind of stuff. I remember like seeing a photo of me like a couple of years into that journey looking a little weathered, to be honest. And then seeing a picture of like before we had made the move down and looking a little fresher, a little less maybe wrinkles, a little less gray, whatever the situation was, and looking at the contrast, and at first you might go like, oh, man, it's such a bummer. But actually I remember feeling like, you know what, Um, I may look a little bit more weathered in this picture, but I like this guy. I like this guy because this guy knows stuff that guy doesn't know. This guy's got more faith than that guy does. This guy's seen some more victories than that guy does, right? And and the things that can be shaken will be shaken, and what remains is eternal, right? And so one of the things, there's there's two things. I'm going to lean into the second one, but I would say a couple of the big things that, that reveals in shaking is the first one thing that is revealed is where your relationship with God is really at, right? It's one thing to claim Christ, to claim Christianity, to say you're a follower of God, to say you're full of faith, and then when things start shaking, the reality of where your relationship with God is really tends to begin to show itself, right? Now, this is What I want to encourage you with that thought, because that can be like encouraging for some who felt like you rose to the occasion, very discouraging for others who felt like you operated in fear in this last season. But wherever it is, just know that God God doesn't love you more or less. The shaking is a gift from God to reveal where your heart is at, right? And he only does that for one purpose and one purpose only, to call you back to himself again. Because maybe you've gotten distracted with him. Maybe you've gotten, you know, into routines and ruts of religion and disconnected and, and, and all out of sync in your relationship with God. I'm telling you what, this is, this is what God does is he shakes things to bring it back to himself. Let me read a, a few verses that kind of speak to this out of the Amplified Translation. In Psalm, uh, Psalm 11, starting in... Uh, Uh, Verse 1, in the Lord I take refuge and put my trust. How can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked are bending the bow. 
They take aim with their arrow on the string to shoot by stealth in darkness at the upright in heart. Verse 3, if the foundations of a godly society are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So there's like this dialogue happening here where somebody is, is trying to speak to God's people and sort of taunting them to kind of say like, man, what are you going to do when all hell breaks loose? You know, what hope do you really have when you're going through storms, when the enemy's trying to come after you, when difficulty is facing you? And it's, you know, when, when, when society, when, when the foundations of, of society are destroyed, what can the righteous do is sort of the question. And honestly, I think it's a bit of a taunt of the enemy towards us, right? Oh, man, what, what, what could we as Christians really possibly do against all that we see facing us in the news, in society, and culture right now? And after that verse, I love it, verse 4, it says, it's, it's like he just goes, hey, let, let me tell you where my head is at, where my heart is at, he says in verse 4. The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see. His eyelids test the children of men. The Lord tests the righteous and the wicked, and his soul hates the malevolent, malevolent one who loves violence. Upon the wicked, godless, he will rain coals of fire, fire and brimstone. Hello, we're getting wild here. Fire and brimstone, and a dreadful scorching wind will be the portion of their cup of doom. For the Lord is absolutely righteous. He loves righteousness, virtue, morality, justice. The upright shall see his face. Right? Amen. So when the question is asked, man, what could the righteous, what, what hope do you have, what strength do you have, what potential do you have when all the foundations of a society are beginning to crumble and fall? And this guy just goes, listen, my God's in heaven. My God sits enthroned. My God is all-powerful. He, he holds the, the, the wrongdoer accountable. Justice is what he loves. Righteousness is what he loves. So his response in that moment was a response to heaven to say, listen, listen, uh, my eyes are on him. I, I don't have to be shaken. One of the things that was revealed in this moment is that his confidence and his trust was in his father. When you think about David's story, right, the David and Goliath scenario, he encounters the same taunt from the giant as everybody else did, but he had a different response to that moment. Because the shaking, literally, of the ground of this giant revealed the real heart. Who really knew their God? Who really had a confidence in their God? And David goes, man, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? So he just starts basically, you know, uh, talking crap to him. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that was an unnecessary use of words. You know what I'm saying? But he may have gotten banned from Twitter if he tweeted that. You know what I mean? He just... He, he goes after this guy. And, but but there, was a, there was such a drastic difference. Why? Because David knew God. David's relationship was just revealed at a greater level in the storm. So whatever is revealed in this storm in your relationship with God, don't be discouraged. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't even feel guilty or shameful. Just if you felt like you responded in faith in this season, awesome. That's probably because you're closer into you're tight in your relationship with God. If fear has been the overwhelming instinctive response to you, it's all right. 
That's all right. But God hasn't given you that spirit of fear. So you need to lean into the presence of God again. Lean into his, his place. And so with, with that in mind, the, the, most, the, the greatest encouragement I could have and hope I could have for our Bressy Church family is that every single one of us would find our way into a consistent daily rhythm of engaging the Word of God. If there's one thing, if there's literally only one thing that I could make sure that every single one of us have got dialed in is that we spend time hearing from God's Word on a daily basis, okay? Because that is where the foundations are set. That is where the strength comes from. That is where the truth ability comes from is that I know God's Word. So I want to encourage you, if you don't already have a reading plan, get one. If you're not already engaged in that, you know, I happen to have one that we created, right, on the Version Bible app. It's the following Jesus one-year Bible reading plan, right? Every single day, right? Yeah, plug. Okay, so I don't get paid for it, so don't worry about it. Uh, I'm telling you what, you get two chapters of the Old Testament, uh, technically three, because you get a psalm or a proverb every day, and then you get a chapter in the New Testament. It's a great, well-balanced meal, okay, right? Just get a little bit of everything, right? That way, if you're cruising through Leviticus, you, you don't get stuck because you know you got a psalms coming at you. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right? But engage God's word, and that's why it's so important this time. Well, I, I like to research, and I like to glean, and I like to study. The most important thing we can be studying right now is God's word. I must know what God says. I have to know what his truth is because that is the central guiding, stabilizing force of our life. And if we're going to take on the storm out there, we've got to have God's word in here, okay? Right? So it's essential. All right, here's, here's the other thing that begins, and there's several, but I'm going to focus on one thing. So the other thing that is revealed in the shaking, first of all, is where your relationship with God is at. But the other thing is, what are the things that are non-negotiable? What are those essentials? What are those uh, unshakable things in life? And like we read earlier where it was said, um, so what remains, I guess right here, uh, so God, accept them, reverence. Okay, just a second here. Therefore, okay. So what can so that what cannot be shaken may remain, right? Um, verse 27, the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is created things. So the created things are what fall away. The, the man-made things are what fall away. The natural stuff is what falls away. But what has God instituted? That's what remains. That's what stands. One of those areas is the family. One of the things God has designed, God has established, God has defined, God has instituted on earth is the family. The family is designed by God to be the stabilizing force on earth, right? The, the, this, one of the most stabilizing parts of planet earth is the family. You maybe heard things like how the family goes, so goes the nation, Right? And there's a truth to that. There's a reality to that, that truth that the strength of the family is ultimately at some point going to be an indicator of the strength or weakness of a nation that those families are a part of. But in this last hour, this last season, I mean decades really now, there has been an assault to attempt to redefine the family, to change what is described as the family. 
I even remember, you know, my, my parents being leery of certain cartoons that it just became a growing kind of trend that in every cartoon, the dad was the fool in the conversation. The dad was always dumb, you know, Homer Simpson. I mean, you got, you know, a little guilty pleasure, doesn't like a little Simpsons, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, Homer, right, he's an absolute gomer, right? And now if you called somebody a Homer, you're literally insulting them. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it would be that mindset. But things like that began to just attack the family, attack the dad as a central kind of pillar of the family, right? And there's a lot more examples like that. Um, and then uh, attacking all kinds of different descriptions of family. As American culture in this last season, families began to really deteriorate and break down and create all kinds of dysfunction. Then there was a cry to say, hey, let's redefine what family means. Family isn't just a mom and a dad. It could be whatever, right? You decide what family is. You decide what family means. It could be, you know, uh, parents, no parents. It could be two dads, two moms. It can be, you know, uh, it's just friends are my family. And all this kind of dialogue kind of built out to try to attempt to redefine what God says about the family, what God says about the truth around family, okay? And, and here's, here's the reality. When it comes to family, I'm not saying that families are unshakable because because a lot of us maybe grew up in dysfunctional families. A lot of us maybe grew up in homes that were shaken, that were broken up, that didn't have mom and dad both in it, that had abuse or different things. So I'm not saying that families are unshakable at their absolute core because we've all experienced different levels of that and maybe even in your own home. That's why I, I want to bring this message because it's important as, as we build this out here, the importance of redefining or reaffirming more like the family as God sees it in our culture, because if, if we are going to save a nation, if we are going to rescue a community, it's going to start by restoring the strength of the family, right? It's going to start in the family. But there, there's so many different attacks on it. There's so many different angles on it. There's so many different attempts to assault and, and malign the family. And the re, you know, one of the reasons why is because of what the family brings to the table, right? The family is central to the foundation uh, of a nation, right? A family. Here's a couple of things that family brings. Family brings identity and confidence. You know, I... I haven't had to experience this firsthand because I grew up with my dad in the home, but I've talked to so many people who didn't know their dad or didn't know their biological dad, and there was this search for it. There was this quest for it at some level. Or, or maybe even later on in life, they, they found out who, you know, that their dad wasn't who they thought there was or something like that, and it can be disorienting. I'm not saying everyone has to feel chaos in their life if they don't know who their exact biological dad is, but there, there is oftentimes a pull and a desire to know, who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I like I am, right? There, there's something about that, that that comes to us. And the more sure our identity is, the greater our confidence is in life. Another thing that family brings is protection and safety, right? Um, you know, the, the family is, is designed to be a place of, of safety, right? It's designed to be a place where we, we create a different climate 
right? When I'm in my home and it's hot outside, the last few days have been a little warm, a little warm. And I'm thankful to the Lord for AC. You know what I mean? And in my home, I can create a different climate in my home than is right outside my home, right? And as a family, this is one of the God-designed factors is that no matter what the temperature is outside of my family, I can create a different temperature. And now there's a difference. There's a difference between... There's a difference between like um, sheltering and and hiding from the big bad world and preparing for the world, right? So sheltering would be you try to keep them in that controlled house climate forever, which you know you go to prison for that kind of stuff. Okay, so <laughs> but preparing is saying, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna train them in this climate, I'm gonna protect them in this atmosphere, and I'm gonna send them out like arrows. And they're going to come back, and we're going to protect them and heal them and train them up and guard them and guide them. And then we're going to send them out again, and they're going to come back. And that's a little bit like what the house of God does, too. Um, my, uh, my clock isn't working today, so, I, uh, <laughs> so um, I've got like half of my notes left, and I didn't pace myself very well. So, And the key's already up here, just, just encouraging me. Just a gentle, just a gentle encouragement, which I appreciate. The family creates a bunch of amazing things in the natural, and so does the the spiritual family. Probably the two families that we are called to be a part of is our natural family and then the family of God. When you become a follower of Jesus, when you, when you give your life to God, then, then you become a son or daughter of God. We become, that, that's why like old school be like, come on, brother, what's up, sister in the Lord, brother in Christ, right? Why do people like say that? Uh, because it's a family, right? Because you're acting like a family because that's what we are right? Is what we have the same heavenly father. Therefore, we have this family that God has put us in the inside of. And our natural family creates this scenario, but then God puts us into a spiritual family as well. And so it's almost like our families and the natural are, are then families within a bigger family of God, right? And just like those things that, that a natural family provides, your spiritual family does the same thing, right? It provides identity and confidence, protection and safety. Uh, there's a couple other things. It provides life and meaning. It provides mission and purpose. These are things that a family in the natural does. These are things that a spiritual house does as well. And here's what I want to encourage you with. If your current natural family doesn't feel like the description right? The, the, the biblical description because of life and sin and brokenness and the reality of our scenario. I don't want you to attempt to redefine what family means to match your chaos or dysfunction or shortcoming. Uh, d- don't do that. Maintain what God's word says that the family is, but then understand that part of why God uses the spiritual family, the, the family of God, is that the family of God is able to then step in and help to fill in 
the gaps for some of our natural families until our natural families are able to grow, strengthen, be restored, be renewed, built up. So you may not know how to have a great marriage yet because you didn't have it modeled to you. That's all right. Let's just let's stay in the family, right? And you're going to learn. You're going to brush some shoulders. You're going to watch how different people treat their husband or wife. You're going to watch. Maybe you're like, man, I don't know how to parent. My dad left me. My mom wasn't present. My parents were absent. Okay, well, you know, watch, you know, Katie and I. I mean, not too close, but, like, watch how we parent. <laughs> Maybe just watch Mark instead, you know. <laughs> Leposkis have crushed it, right? Such great kids. And, um, you know, I tell you what, you know, th- that's a part of the beauty of the family, the, the family of God. That's why I love Connect Sunday, right? Connect groups. Every single one of you get an opportunity to head right out here and grab that car, go to the Connect booth, Pastor Jesse and Kat are going to be out there as well as some of our other team, connect leaders, coaches, and we want to help you find that family. We want to help you get plugged in. We want to help you get that that connection going because it's in that setting that we get restored. A lot of times in culture right now, we are trying to adjust God's word to fit a, a broken cultural narrative, right? Rather than saying, you know what, it's a little uncomfortable because I feel like I don't have enough of the pieces yet. I feel like I'm a little bit off-centered maybe even. But if I can just get in the Word of God, if I can just get around the right spiritual family that can kind of bring me back to life and bring me back to health, you know, one of the one of the things that I was just talking to somebody recently, they were sharing their story of connect groups, sharing their story of healing. And they said one of the most powerful things for them was just literally being with people. Uh, you know, sometimes you need you need a, a good deliverance session. Sometimes you need a good counseling session. But sometimes you just need a good meal. <laughs> sometimes you just need to laugh. Sometimes you just need to hang out. Sometimes you just need to be together with people. And just that together is healing. Just that community is healing. It's a part... It's a part of the family of God. It's a part of what he has created. Can we all stand to our feet? Let me pray with you guys. I want to pray, first of all, just for all of our families here at, at Bressy Ranch. Pray for our families, our marriages. If some of you guys aren't married yet, pray for your future spouse, your future family, or even just your own home that you're a child in, that you're a part of. So go ahead and lift up your hands. Or maybe husbands and wives, grab your hands. Katie, could you join me? I don't want you to be down there with nobody's hand to hold. <laughs> Let, let's just pray. Pray together. Pray for our families. Pray for health. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you gave us family, that you've designed it, that you've defined it, that you gave us marriage, that marriage is a good thing, that he who finds a wife finds a good thing, that children are a blessing from the Lord, that you've designed this to be a place of healing and health, that families And I know many of us maybe didn't come from healthy homes, came from dysfunctional scenarios. Father, I pray right now that you would heal those broken hearts, that you would minister to those who felt abandoned or left or lost, felt disoriented because of a lack of the stability that the home was designed to provide. I pray that you would meet them in this moment, meet them with grace, meet them with mercy, I pray. 
And God, wherever we find ourselves at this current moment in family and relationships, God, I pray for just a, a courage to continue and openness to grow and learn. I pray that we would build the best friendships in this room. I pray that we would build the best marriages in this room. I pray that we would raise the greatest children in this room. God, I pray your blessing. And Lord, together as, as a church family, as we're in connect, as we're in community, as we're serving, as we're doing life together, God, I pray that you would heal, that you would restore, that you would put the pieces back together again for those who are in this room, those who maybe are missing moms and dads or loved ones or uh, the health. God, I pray that this would be a place of healing and health in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 All right. Let me just ask one more question, and then we're going to head out. Everybody's head bowed and eyes closed. Let me just ask this. This is such an important question because it's the central question that all this builds on, and that is our relationship with Jesus, right? Where are you at? I kind of started at the beginning. The shaking can kind of reveal, right, where is our relationship with God really at? How are we doing? What's going on? And maybe you hear this morning and you feel like that's you, and you just go, you know what, honestly, I found even now or in this season that I've been away from God, I've been distant, I've been disconnected, and I need this to be the day where I just surrender to Jesus. I come back to him, maybe for the first time, or maybe as a a recommitment to say, Jesus, I'm all in, I'm following you, I need you. I need you to heal me, I need you to forgive me, I need you to bring me back to life again. If that's you on the count of three, I just want you to boldly lift up your hand, let me know who I'm praying with. One, two, three, just go lift up your hand, let me know who I'm praying with. Awesome, great. Anybody else say, that's me. Awesome, proud of you guys. Anybody else say, that's me. Don't want to miss it. Awesome, great, proud of you. Anybody else say, come on, this is, this is my moment, this is my season, I know God's called me to do something. Great. Anybody else, lift your hand, proud of you guys. Here's what I want you to do, if you just raise your hand, an opportunity to just cheer you on and pray with you. I'm going to ask you to just make your way. The church is going to cheer you on. I'm going to ask you to make your way out of your seat, down to the front. I just want to shake your hand. We're going to pray with you. So right now, if you just raise your hand, would you come on down? I want to I want to meet you. I want to say hi. I want to connect. Good. Anybody else? Come on down. Proud of you guys. So good. Uh, excited for you guys. Proud of you to step up and to walk out of here. I'm telling you what, we don't need to come forward. It doesn't make you any more spiritual, but there is a boldness that comes when you kind of put some real action, right? You put some feet to that declaration. And Jesus hears you. He loves you. Right now, he's forgiving you. He's freeing you. He's bringing you close to him again. And right now, as a church family, we're all going to pray. We're going to pray with you, and especially you up here. I want you just to pray with boldness and conviction, knowing that God loves you. He hears you. He's for you. He's, he's, he's going to walk with you. And you've got a church family, and the people that are going to pray with you, they're going to make sure you get in a good connect group, and you're going to have family you're going to build and do life with. Amen? Amen. So let's pray, and you guys repeat this after me, and everyone with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. 
and raising him from the dead to give me life. Today, I choose to turn from my sin and follow you with all my heart for the rest of my life. You're the leader. You're the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Empower me to live for you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Come on. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.